Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discussed the Chiefs' OTAs. Joe, but it's also that time of the year when some of the Chiefs' rookies are, are going through commencements, going through graduations. And, and speaking of, a belated congratulations are in order for your very own graduation. Well, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, I received my uh, Master's of Business Administration from Villanova University, you know, uh, right along there with the Jay Wright, right? Jay Wright leaves Villanova, I leave Villanova, you know, so it was kind of, we timed, we tried to time it up together, you know, <laughs> so, uh, but no, it, it was great. It was a great, uh, it was great fun and it was, it was a great program and I'm so glad I went through it, you know, in, in right in line and kind of dovetailing with our, our podcast, you know, covering the NFL, it was, it really was thanks to a group called Athlife and the NFL uh, former players trust, which was, uh, you know, I received a, an NFL players trust scholarship. So that really was uh, one of the, it was really the impetus for me to go back and do it at, you know, at my advanced age, I kind of joked in my social media post that, you know, half the time I'd walk into the class and, and the students in there thought I was the professor coming in with all my gray hair <laughs> and, uh, you know, but Hey, you know, you, you never stop learning, right. Always move forward. So it was great, great, great fun. I really enjoyed the program and now I'm ready to apply, you know, all those good learnings to what I do, uh, at Willis Tower Watson in, in my insurance career. So, uh, it was great fun. So thank you. Thank you for that. You also now share, uh, an alumnus with, uh, Howie Long, a Villanova graduate. So your your former kind of battery mate along the line of scrimmage. Exactly. You know, and 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 my wife, of course, you know, was a Villanova undergrad. So she's been trying to get me into the Wildcat Club there for <laughs> quite a long time. And we finally finally did that. And and she switched. Now she's at Penn getting her doctorate. So oh, that's we're, good. That's, that's we're switching cool. up alma maters. So uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, listen, talking about college here, I have a fun fact. There's one of the interesting chief storylines, obviously, is Justin Reed kind of replacing Tyron Matthew. You know, he's not going to be the same player but he is kind of going to be the leader of that back end, that secondary. Um, anyhow, so Justin Reed's older brother, Eric, Eric Reed, roomed with Tyron Matthew uh, during his freshman year at LSU. So it's like he really knows. And Justin Reed then during, you know, his rookie season ended up being a, uh, a teammate of, of Matthew. They started in the same secondary for the Houston Texans. So he knows Matthew very well. This came up because they were asking him about, replacing Matthew and he's like you know I don't go there he's like we're close we're we're like I know the family super well but you know that's not it so anyhow a little fun fact there that's awesome Jeff yeah that you're you're making me think back to like you know President Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy and President Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln so you were going you were going deep into the well there for that trivia but that's awesome that's a great that's a great little fun fact uh well you know there's always those connections right I mean the, the players that go to schools like, you know, like LSU, right. Some, something's going to give there with, um, with the relationships that they build. So that's, that's really awesome. That's uh, probably some good mentoring there that went on. Um, and, you know, we, Justin Reed spoke uh, during the press conferences uh, and OTAs and uh, Joe, I, I was kind of curious here, you know, the 
football is so much different now with the off season, you know, a lot, a lot less hitting, especially during compared to the Marty, Marty Schottenheimer days. Um, you know, when, when he coached you, I was curious how, if, if there was something similar that you went through that was similar to like OTAs, is that kind of like, you know, was your probably, and they still have mini camps, but uh, you know, something with less, was, was there kind of some sort of off season practice that was similar to what they're going through now? Yeah. Uh, you know, coach Schottenheimer's off season uh, program was, was pretty serious. I, I would mm-hmm. have to say Jeff that, I'm going, to, I'm going to make a conservative guess here, and I'm going to say probably 80% of the players attended at least 80% of the workouts, um, which were four days a week during the offseason, starting in about a, right around March 15th is when we were usually due back for offseason training. And then we stayed through um, about, about two, two to three weeks before training camp started. So mini camps were, you know, the two or three mini camps that we had were sprinkled in there, but it was four days a week. Um, we would do one day of full conditioning and lifting um, of those four days. One day usually consisted of lifting and sort of an outdoor workout with your position group. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, you know, not no contact, but you know, position drills that you could do without your your pads on, and not, and not against other players. And then um, you know we kind of mirrored that Monday. Tuesday and then Thursday, Friday was something very similar, you know, so you'd have your, either your lift and condition or you do lift and field work. And it was always followed up with some classroom time, you know, whether it was watching film with the coaches or whether it was uh, studying the playbook, going over plays, doing diagrams, filling up our playbook. Uh, Yeah. So it it was, I mean, it was four days a week um, when, when we were with coach Schottenheimer and I have to say, I'm going to be very conservative and say, that I, I would I would guess, I'd venture a guess, that 80% of the players made about 80% of those. And they went from March 15th all the way to about June 15th, maybe June 30th. So it, it sounds like some, though, parallels to OTAs. You know, OTAs doesn't, there's not really hitting involved. And it sounds like some of these workouts actually did not have that much hitting. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was you know, and it was, um, and that's part of the reason why Jen and I lived in Kansas City full time. And, you know, she was a teacher and, you know, because we knew we were committed to that offseason program because that, that was the way that you, you know, you got ahead. You know, that's the way that you made an impact on the coaches by showing them how, you know, you kind of uh, progressed through that offseason and your growth and and your weight training and, and uh, getting yourself healthy, whether you were rehabbing each day. Um, and you know, there was a lot of us that we enjoyed it so much. We, we went in five days a week. Um, you know, I would go in on Wednesdays and I would do a, uh, just a, just a real nice cardio, light cardio workout to, to work on my, um, you know, my wind, so to speak, that's an old Mm -hmm. school term there, but like do like maybe an hour, an hour and a half on the Nordic track or, Um, you know, Oh, here's another thing we were also required to do. This is interesting insight. Uh, we were required to play a racquetball twice a week and pick up basketball twice a week. That's fascinating. You know, cause nowadays I feel they'd be terrified you'd get hurt, you know, like Mahomes even has something in his contract that he can't play basketball. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to ski or box and boxing was in my background. So that, that those were in my usually in the NFL PA standard contract back then, which, you know, I had no intention in boxing or, or, you know, I would have been nice to go skiing, but you know, I, I wasn't a skier. Wow, at that yeah, point. Basketball, racquetball. I could see a guy getting, I mean, a great way to stay in shape, but I could see somebody yeah. getting 
hurt there. Yeah, great for feet, you know, great for the feet, right. the, the, especially yeah. the racquetball. You know, you're in a confined space, small movements with your feet, especially for the linemen. And, uh, you know, I think that really helped. We had some really interesting training. So we, who was the best racquetball and basketball player during your era? um i'd have to say i'll tell you who i'll tell you who wasn't and he's going to kill me for saying this <laughs> dave zott because <laughs> you know dave was an all-state now granted i here i am sitting there you know josh and dave right making fun of him about it, not being able to play a racket sport or or basketball dave was a dave was an all-state all-american wrestler mm-hmm. in high school so state champion in new jersey which is a tough it's a tough wrestling state so I'll give him his dap there and say that, but Dave, Dave could throw up some bricks. Uh, and and he was the racket, probably so strong, you probably couldn't like extend uh, his arms. You know, uh, exactly, he was so big. You know, he was so muscular. Uh, you know, um, I'd have to say uh, basketball from a from a lineman perspective during that era. John Alt did not play. He obviously because John 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 was always recovering from something. Uh-huh. So John was not going to hurt himself out on the basketball racquetball court, but uh, Jonathan Hayes was a heck of an athlete. That guy. That was surprised he'd be good at basketball. His son Jackson uh, was oh, a lottery yeah. pick. Uh, not, still plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, and, jo- and Jonathan could could play. He could play basketball, and he was great. Great with the racquetball. Great, just just unbelievable athlete for his size. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was basically an extension of the offensive line back then. Um, but super, super athletic and, uh, and everybody knows, of course, we never got a chance to play with him. It, it is extended age, advanced age there, but you know, we all know if you've watched any documentaries on Joe Montana, he was a fantastic basketball player in high school. And actually at one point, if you do watch that six part documentary on Peacock there, uh, they talk about at Notre Dame, how he almost went out for the basketball team there mm-hmm. because he was kind of getting getting the shaft a little bit in football. So he was going to make a stand on the basketball team, which I, I, you know, just from me watch the documentary, he, he would have made the team. I mean, he would have made the team. I mean, he was that good um, at hoops and uh, yeah. So never got to play with them though. Never got to, never got to play basketball. He never, he never ventured up to that. We used to have the top floor of the, of the workout facility where there was like a 70 yard field and above the weight room was, was two racquetball courts and, and a real nice basketball court. They used to have, you know, again, they, they don't have uh, – the, the players don't have off-season basketball leagues any, anymore. They, they were in their old locker room. Um, they used to have a basketball hoop up. So they would – they would guys would – they wouldn't play basketball. It was in yeah. the locker room, and you'd always see guys shooting around. Yeah. Uh, Justin well, Houston was surprisingly good. Ooh, I mean, he's a good yeah. athlete, but you would th- like that was the word on the street that he had a, yeah. a good jumper. So, well, yeah, a lot of the fans probably remember, you know, if they go back, you know, 20 or 30 years um, back to that era, Alan Wright, who was now the equipment manager, head equipment manager, was the assistant equipment manager. He ran, he ran the Chiefs charity basketball team. So we would go, I mean, we play at least, Jeff, at least. Now, this is one of the benefits of living there full time, right? Um, we would play at least two, uh, maybe one, but so, at least one, sometimes two games per week um, of charity basketball. So we would either play like an all-star high school team, you know, like a, a, a group of students that the, that the school would put together to play against the Chiefs um, in an exhibition game, or we play the faculty um, and it was all for charity and all the money got raised and went to the school and Alan ran that for us with the basketball, with the basketballs, we had uniforms and everything. I've got pictures of me and our chiefs. We had chiefs basketball uniforms 
They were like that shiny silk, you know, 1990s basketball material. And it had, you know, had our logo on the front and, you know, they were, they were, they were white, they were like white silky material. And then it had the red and yellow, you know, striping down the pants and, you know, around the, around the, the muscle shirt sleeves that, you know, you wore a basketball uh, shirt, you know, Jersey that you, you wore. You so, have to post some of those on social media, Jeff. That, that's I should, I should. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, Jeff. It was so fun to interact with the community that way. Cause you know, a lot of us would turn it into like almost like a Harlem Globetrotters game, you know, where we'd be, you know, jumping into the stands and sitting with the fans and trying to shoot, you know, shoot from the, you know, from the stands with the, with the, with the, you know, with all the group of students that would come see the assembly. It was really, really fun. I'm telling you, there's no, no place like Kansas city. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure they don't do that anymore. Like you said, because of injury, the injury factor, but they, they were, they were good games. It wasn't like, where, a joke. Did you, where did you guys play? Was it like a big enough deal that you played at like, you know, Kemper arena or something? No, or no, it, we would go to the school. It was more fun okay. to go to their school. Right. So yeah. all of a sudden, you know, in walks, you know, six, seven, eight Kansas City chiefs into your high school, right. In that their basketball cool. uniforms and shaking hands, signing autographs, taking pictures. Um, you know, it, it was really, really fun, a fun way to interact with, with the fans. And, and I'm telling you for the six years that I was in Kansas city, I did it every year. Cause it was so much fun. And, um, I, uh, you know, we, we must've, you know, from, you know, April to say like April, May, April, May time, like in those two months, we probably played, you know, 10, 15 games, um, you know, out in the community which was really fun. And some of them, you know, some of them were fun. They were, it was fun to get competitive too, you know, with the, with the faculty and, and with, with the students. So great, great. It was a great time. Great fun. And it sounds like it went to a good cause all for charity, Joe. And that's the perfect segue. Talk about what you're doing uh, with the autographed Clyde Edwards Elair football. Yeah. So I, uh, I approached the chiefs um, about something Jennifer and I are doing. We this year in Philadelphia are the uh, family team chairs for uh, the March of Dimes, March for Babies, uh, which used to be affectionately known as Walk America. Uh, they switched the name, uh, you know, for marketing purposes to March for Babies um, uh, several, you know, maybe a decade ago. Um, and, you know, the March of Dimes is an organization that funds research to um, better the health of mothers, expectant mothers, and uh, and sick babies, right? Um, and, you know, most people know the March of Dimes, you know, funded the research that cured polio, but they kept on going. My daughters are beneficiaries of the March of Dimes. And to be honest, Jeff, they wouldn't be here today without the, the benefit of the March of Dimes and what they, the research that they did. My daughters were micro preemies when they were born. So each of them was only a little, about a pound and a half each when they were born. Uh, they were 26 weeks gestation, which was 14 weeks early. And um, they were, um, you know, we were living in Kansas City at the time. And uh, it's so funny because Jen, was on the board of the March of Dimes in Kansas City. And we used to do tons of events um, in Kansas City with the March of Dimes. Mud volleyball, we had a couple of galas, we had a chef's uh, auction. And um, so we were very active with the March of Dimes before we even thought about having kids. And then all of a sudden, you know, we have these three preemies. So uh, March for Babies is this week in Philadelphia and most places around the country. Um, it's on uh, the Saturday, June 4th. And uh, so anyway, long story long, uh, the the March the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, gave me a Clyde Edwards Alaire really cool logo Chief ball that has plenty of room for more signatures as well so it's something a a fan could um, could put more uh, more signatures on because Clyde already signed it 
you know, it's kind of, um, you know, came directly from the chief's alumni relations and community outreach team. So it's super official. And um, we're, I'm auctioning it off on Twitter uh, with direct messages. So if anybody would like to make a bid, I'm going to close it down on Friday, uh, June 3rd, which is, uh, you know, if you're listening to this during the week, um, if, if you hear this, go out to my Twitter at Joe Valerio 73 and, you know, send me a DM if you'd like to make a bid on it. The 100% of the proceeds are going to go to our March for Babies team, uh, the Valerio triplets uh, March for Babies team and going to, you know, whatever we, however we figure out payment or whatever, and I'll mail it free of charge, of course, out to, uh, to a fan who, who would like to pick up this really cool logo ball. It's got a, it's got the real cool um, embroidered chiefs uh, logo, the arrowhead. And then it's got the uh, embossed, uh, chiefs, uh, you know, it spells out chiefs and it's got the, uh, AFC NFC logos and, um, there's pictures on Twitter if you'd like to like to check it out. So yeah, little, little, little ditty going on this week as things are, are a little bit slow in the end for NFL news. So thanks for letting me share that, Jeff. Really cool stuff there, Joe. Well, our partners at battle line continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and you use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, Joe, some uh, football news, kind of interesting. On Tuesday, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed uh, Akeem Hicks to a one-year $10 million deal. Um, the, the reason I'm mentioning it, Akeem Hicks, really good player, can rush the passer. He's a little bit more of a 3-4 defensive end, 4-3 defensive tackle than kind of the 4-3 the, uh, edge guy the Chiefs really still need. But I thought there was a chance that the Chiefs might – look into him, uh, and who's really good for the Bears. But another guy that's kind of um, off the market, There, you know, there's some rumblings. The Bears didn't re-sign him, and they've, they trade away Khalil Mack. They've really, they're really uh, rebuilding, and there's been some rumors that Robert Quinn, who had mm. 18 and a half sacks last year, could be on the training block. He'd be an interesting guy, could really help out. But, you know, skinning, again, that Hicks signing, there's – I still think that Brett Veach has something up his sleeve. They need another body uh, on the edge there. Um, but I, I'm really curious how, what happens. Yeah, it's good. It's, I mean, it's obviously going to be going to be really interesting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, is Trey flowers could be, could Oh, that's be another guy, Joe, right. Somebody that's still available. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it's uh, he could be, he could be the, I mean, he's got to have something, right. I, I don't, I don't know if Indomitka Sue, I mean, because that the Akeem Hicks kind of thing. Mike Sue probably it, it, it means he's probably not back in Tampa. Yeah. So you know, kind of, I think it pretty much you know shut the shuts the door for him. Um, they they you know. could use you know uh, Naughty and Chris Jones is a really good pair on the inside. Um, you know, they have Kalen Saunders and stuff. They could they could use another interior body too. But they really do. Don't you agree that they? I mean, they can't. They can't go into the season with just as much as we like Karloftis and, you know, Frank Clark um, flashes that was so good in the Super Bowl run. I, I don't think they can really go with him and Mike Dana and, and Trishon Moore. I, I think they, 
I, I expect another body in there. Yeah, no, they've got they've got to get more depth. Obviously, that's probably the their their the toughest spot right now. I think from a depth perspective is 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 on the D line, and they can't we can't let happen what happened to the offensive line in the Super Bowl two years yeah. ago. We just can't we can't get in that position where teams are taking advantage of a lack of rush or you know being able to stop the run. I mean, it's all going to start up front, you know, for this team. Um, and their, abil- their ability to get after, you know, the top quarterbacks in the AFC. I mean, if they want to come out of the AFC, they're going to have to go in and, and, and really, you know, they're going to have to get after some quarterbacks because, um, you know, just looking at the AFC West, right? I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's like uh, the, literally, and no pun intended, it's like the wild, wild West. I mean, it's going to be gunslinging going on. You look at, at what teams are going to be doing at quarterback, how they're beefing up their passing game. Um, we're going to have to keep pace with that. And I think that's probably the thing that, you know, Brett Beach and Andy are really going to have to fo- focus on with Coach Fags here is how do you build some depth? Um, you know, how do you build some depth there? And, and I think that's, that's probably going to be the spot, right? I mean, look, cause you, you know, they're, they're doing the right things right now, but I think right now at the top, they're good. It's going to be the depth because we all know defensive linemen don't play. It's not like playing offensive line. We've talked about this mm-hmm. many times, you know, you, you, you know, you're lucky if you get 40, 50 snaps out of 60 or 70 in a game when you play D line. So you have to have quality, quality backups to rotate through because, you know, you, you just sometimes you even see it like you'll see your best defensive lineman on third and eight at a critical time of the game. And they're sitting on the sidelines. Everybody, every NFL fan has seen that. And they're like, what the heck? Like, why is he not in the game right now? Like right. it's cause it's tough, man. It's a tough position to play and to try to stay in there for every snap. And sometimes the timing gets thrown off a little bit and you can't have, you know, Frank Clark in there on third and eight at a critical you know, passing situation because of the timing of how it all works out. Um, so yeah, so depth there is is even more critical than than I think the offensive line, and I and think the, that's going to be their key. The lack of depth there is kind of inversely proportional to the wide receiver position, which has a lot of depth. Where, where this is going to be a great training camp competition to see who emerges. We'll probably keep five six guys. Um, and our boy, your boy, uh, Justin Watson, Joe, the Penn graduate. You know, we thought he had a, a kind of a tough row there, but he has made, he has looked good during the OTAs. Patrick Mahomes actually singled him out. He had been in some of those training sessions in Texas. And he was saying that like, man, like I had a, he had to put a little bit extra on the football to he's like that. I, he kind of underrated his speed and uh, to, to reach him, Mahomes had to put a little extra juice on it. Yeah. Well, he's a big kid. And I think it probably, I don't think, Patrick was expecting that. Right. And, 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 you know, you know, Justin's, you know, he's, he's get some points he gets listed. Sometimes he'll get listed six, three two twenty five. You know, he ran, I remember back in his pro day, you know, he ran a, a four, four forty. I mean, he's, he's fast and he's got a great vertical. He's strong. He bench presses, you know, a lot as much as some, you know, you know, uh, you know, linebacker types, you know, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to, I'm happy to see that Patrick is singling him out and he's, you know, he's making, uh, you know, he's making calls to the coaches like, Hey, how it's like, apparently Patrick had, had called the coaches and asked, you know, how fast is this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for Justin. I, he's a great kid. He comes from a great family. 
And I'm just excited to see him in, him in the mix. I mean, he was their first free agent signing of 2022, which is really cool. Um, and I think he, he's, he's doing everything he can right now to make an impact at a very, very deep position, which he knows, you know, he's, he's, I'm sure he's very cognizant of the fact that they're very deep, um, at wide receiver and, and he's doing everything he can. Right. Um, I mean, what was Patrick's quote I saw in, in a, uh, you know, uh, I guess SB nation, uh, posted something, a quote, he said that Watson's been a pleasant surprise for me. That dude can roll. Um, so and he, uh, he said, I, I threw him on the first day in Texas and he called Brett Veach and was like, wait, how fast is this guy? Right. That's, you know, so, hey, hey, listen, that's cool, man. And, 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 and if you're, if Patrick's, if you're, if you got him in your corner and, <laughs> you're it's, right. and it's coming down to, you know, final things, you, you, you know, you know, this is a, this is a collaborative team and, and you know that if it comes down to it and they say, look, you know, we've got an equal thing here and an equal thing there. What do you think, Patrick? And hey, you know, go back to these great comments and and, and anything can happen. So, yeah, super excited for, for Justin. I hope he's, I just hope Justin's not mad at me that I have a Villanova degree now. And I didn't, hope I'm not, <laughs> doesn't think I'm forsaking my pen roots. Fortunately, Jen, Jen can, uh, you know, with, her yeah, there you go. Degree, yeah, she's taking over. He, well, uh, and Justin was a, you know, we had him on, the, on our pod and he was a great guest. And he was also saying that, you know, the last couple of years have been kind of tough for him. He had a lot of injuries and he was saying how he finally, finally feels really healthy. He's been able to work out. So that might, he might've had like a, an extra gear. He's finally feeling healthy. Finally had been able to do some of those leg workouts to, to really showcase that speed. Yeah. He's uh, you know, he's definitely making an impact. And I think Carl Loftus is too. I think, you know, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people making noise at, at the OTAs, definitely, you know, definitely uh, George Karloftis has been wanted. They're talking about his motor, which you and I talked about very early on, right after he was drafted, right? That was the thing we noticed the most. And, you know, you got to have that J.J. Watt motor, you know, you got to have that, you know, when you play that position, you got to, you got to be able to go hundred miles an hour, a hundred times a game. And, and I think he's, he seems like he's got it. I, and I, I am hearing rumblings too, that this, that this draft class is just like we called it. They're, they're, they're pushing this team. You know, they're not afraid to step up. They're not, they're not overconfident or arrogant or cocky, but they are absolutely bringing um, a work ethic to, to this, uh, to this veteran team that seems like it's really pushing uh, the veterans at these OTAs, which is, which is just what you want to hear. Right. You know, if you if you can't make the the talent impact right away, right, as a rookie, you might you might not have the you know, the you don't have the playbook down yet. You're still trying to capture the speed of the game and what happens at the NFL level. But if you can bring, you know, kind of like the juice to, to the practice and, and the work ethic and, you know, that's what's going to push this team. And that's what this rookie class can bring to this team, to this veteran group is to keep pushing them. Man, I think they're going to be Chiefs are going to be in a great spot come you know come preseason and you know when when the ball kicks off uh, opening day. Well, if you enjoy this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Yeah. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.